Greetings, my excellent friends. Welcome to another episode of Old Head. I'm Stephen, and as usual, I will be your spirit guide through the land of hard rock and heavy metal madness. For those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. And for those of you who are coming back again, thank you for returning for another round. And also, everybody, go to oldheadpodcast.com. That way you can find all the social media and links to everything you can go to that has anything to do with me and my bullshit. Also, I welcome all suggestions and requests. Please send those to oldheadpodcast at gmail.com or down below in the comments if you're listening to this on YouTube. Now, let's start this sucker. On this coming Saturday, March the 2nd, 2019, I will be turning 41 years old. And to celebrate my birthday this year, I will be traveling to the city of Lubbock, Texas, which is about six hours from where I am, and I will be seeing my favorite band of all time perform on my birthday. That band is the Mighty Metallica. So, to mark the occasion, I decided this episode would be all about Metallica. And I know that you can pretty much go anywhere on the internet to any number of other podcasts or blogs or what have you and see all sorts of shit about Metallica. It's all out there. So I decided to take a little bit of a different approach and present this podcast as my Metallica story. Now, by the time I heard anything about Metallica, they were already four albums in. Now, mind you, I was 11 years old, so I wasn't really privy to the whole heavy metal scene and what have you. But if my memory serves me correctly, there was a night where I was watching television, and the show I was watching was a show that came on the USA Network pretty late at night, and that show was called Night Flight. And Night Flight was an interesting show because it was kind of a collection of all this sort of odd stuff. Short movies, animation, music videos, interviews, all this stuff. And one night I was watching it and they played the music video for the song One from the album Injustice for All. And I clearly remember feeling that the whole thing seemed a little bit scary to me. Now that was probably because of the music video and the fact that I had never really heard music like that before. But something about it really stuck with me. But I didn't actually start listening to Metallica until 1991. And I remember the first Metallica piece of music that I owned was the cassette single for Enter Sandman, which on the B-side had the cover of the Queen song Stone Cold Crazy. And I believe this was right after the music video for Enter Sandman premiered, so I don't think the album had actually come out yet. But soon after, I ended up with a copy of the Black Album. So right away, my Metallica experience was a little different than some people who were listening to Metallica because I didn't know where they had come from or what their previous albums had sounded like, so I didn't have all that baggage coming with me. And in a way, it made my experience a little bit more interesting because within a year, I had worked my way 
backwards through their catalog, and I got to experience their progression backwards. So to me, Metallica had put out this amazing album, and then each album I listened to after that was actually even better than the one that I already loved. But I didn't start feeling that they were doing music that wasn't as good as they had done before. I was just enjoying being on the journey. And so I became pretty obsessed with this band. And then I remember in 1992, for Christmas, I got the double VHS, A Year and a Half in the Life of Metallica. And this was my window into who these people were, and I found myself loving them even more. They were like my buds that made this amazing music. And so I spent the next couple years listening to all their albums, watching that video, watching Cliff Em All, getting to know the story of the band. And then, finally, in the summer of 1994, before the beginning of my junior year of high school, I finally got to see Metallica live. And they played at a venue in Austin, Texas, that doesn't exist anymore, that was called South Park Meadows. And the show that I bought a ticket for was supposed to be Metallica, Alice in Chains, Suicidal Tendencies, and Fight, which was Rob Halford's post-Judas Priest thing. It's not good, but whatever. I'm sure some of you probably think it is. Anyway, I was very excited because around this time, I was also very into the band Alice in Chains. And unfortunately, Alice in Chains ended up dropping off of the bill, apparently because Lane Staley had to go into rehab. We all kind of know how that ended up working out, unfortunately. And the band that took their place was Candlebox. Now, at the time, I was a little bit into Candlebox, but... That is a poor substitution for Alice in Chains. I don't care how you spin it. But that didn't matter too much because I was finally getting to see my favorite band perform live. And it was a fucking great show. You can actually watch the whole thing on YouTube. I'll post it in the description of this video on YouTube. But I was very pleased with my first live Metallica experience. And so it took them another couple years to finally put out another album. And expectations were high. It wasn't just me, it was a lot of people. And I remember I was working in the music department of Best Buy. There used to be an actual music department with people that specialized in music there. That's fucking weird. But I remember the night before the album was supposed to come out or something like that, one of our local radio stations played the album in its entirety. And I remember we we flipped it on so we could hear it because I worked with another really big Metallica fan. And I remember about halfway through the first track, which is the song Ain't My Bitch, I remember thinking to myself, this is not very good. And there was only really a couple of moments here and there of that initial listen that I actually thought was pretty cool. But nevertheless, I was waiting in line at midnight that night to go pick up the album Load on CD. And yeah, I listened to it quite a bit, 
and I got into some of the tracks, but it wasn't the album that I wanted. And I'm not really sure what I wanted. I just knew that from my Metallica experience, I knew that they were a band that was trying to push things further, and Load didn't seem like it was going farther. It seemed like it was sort of a step diagonally backward. It wasn't like they were regressing in their sound. They were regressing in somebody else's sound. But I still considered them my favorite band, and so I really gave the album a lot of chances. And in 1997, I went to go see them live once again on their Load Tour, and if any of you have seen the Cunning Stunts DVD, I believe the show I saw was either right before or right after the one on the DVD. And if you've seen it, you know it was the one where the the set falls apart and a guy catches on fire and, you know, it was a big ordeal. And it was pretty fun, but there was a part of me that just wasn't as excited as I remembered feeling the last time I had seen them live. Now, part of this was probably me growing up and getting into different kinds of music, but I think some of it was Metallica just not being the Metallica that I knew they could be. So I fell off for a little while. Sure, I listened to Reload and I bought Garage Inc. when it came out. And several years later, I remember going to the theater to see the documentary Some Kind of Monster. So even though I wasn't really into them, it was almost like they were a family member. And I'm always going to keep track of what's going on with them. And then, in 2008, I remember they announced that Metallica was coming out with a new album. And I remember hearing the premiere of a new song on a local radio station, and that song was The Day That Never Comes. And I remember liking it a lot more than I thought I was going to like it. The song kind of lived in a middle point between And Justice For All and the Black Album. And I dug that. And then, I think it was about a month later, they premiered another track off of that album, and that was My Apocalypse. And that song fucking blew me away. Even today, that is a fucking badass song. And so, I was all aboard once again. And I showed up the day that album came out and I bought Death Magnetic. And you know what? I wasn't disappointed. In fact, I was downright excited to hear Metallica being the band that I knew they could be once again. Now, you can say what you want about the production. Yeah, I hear it clipping all over the place. It's a fucking loud album. But that didn't really take away from the music to me. In fact, it kind of made it sound like The album is so heavy, it's busting out of my speakers. So I thought it added a little bit of character to this mighty comeback from Metallica. And I remember trying to play that album for everyone I ran into because I wanted to let them know that Metallica was back. Now, unfortunately, by that point in their career, they had already passed that point where it had become very cool to not like them. 
and to say really weird things like, I liked him better when James Hetfield didn't sing. And I'm like, did you think that they were a death metal band before? He sang on every album. But whatever. I mean, I get it. The Black Album is different from Injustice for All. Load was different from the Black Album. And yeah, I was disappointed by the albums around that time too. But the thing that I realized is that these missteps, or downright mistakes, if you want to call them that, they ended up making me love the band even more. Probably because it took them off of this pedestal and showed them as human beings that just happened to make some of the greatest music ever made. And to be fair, those quote-unquote mistakes, Load, Reload, St. Anger, they've all become albums that I enjoy in kind of a different way, but I do enjoy them now. But anyway, because of my excitement with Death Magnetic, I ended up seeing Metallica live once again in 2009, and that was a pretty fucking great show. It was with Lamb of God and Gojira in San Antonio, and that was the last time I saw them, and I guess that was the last big tour they went on. And now this new tour for the album Hardwired to Self-Destruct, which I also think is pretty fucking amazing, that tour's coming around to my area, and 30 years After the first time I heard them, I get to see my favorite band play live on my birthday. So that's pretty fucking sweet. So for those of you who are still listening who may not know a lot of Metallica and don't really know where to start, let me help you out a little bit. Now, my favorite album, as you may have heard before, is the album Ride the Lightning, which is their second album that came out in 1984. But... I would have to say that the way that I got into them is the way to do it. Start with the Black Album that came out in 1991, and that's got the songs Inner Sandman, Nothing Else Matters, The Unforgiven, Sad But True, Wherever I May Roam, all the quote-unquote hits. And then if you get into that one, just work your way backwards. Discover how the band ended up becoming the biggest metal band in the world. And if you have about three and a half hours to spare, go watch A Year and a Half in the Life of Metallica and tell me when it's over that you don't want to fucking hang out with those dudes too. But for those of you who have fallen off and think you're too cool for school, I don't know if I can really help you. You're not going to find what you're looking for. And if you happen to be one of those haters that feels the need to make a smarmy comment on every post that's done about the band online? Just get over yourself. Find something better to do with your time. There are plenty of bands and musicians and artists out there that I really don't fucking like. But you know what? I just keep that shit to myself. And occasionally maybe I'll vent to my fiancé about them. But that's about it. And that's about all I've got for you for this episode of Old Head. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all of those things. And please send me your comments or suggestions or requests at oldheadpodcast at gmail.com or in the comments below on YouTube. And also, 
for those of you who are listening to this just as a podcast, I do put up quote-unquote visual versions of these on YouTube, and they include pictures that kind of go along with what I'm talking about. But also, as of Monday, I have started doing other kinds of videos. The first one is simply me talking about a record, and that's kind of what it's going to be for a little bit until I figure out ways to branch out and do other things. But at any rate, go check me out on YouTube and let me know what you think. And also go to oldheadpodcast.com, and there you can not only get the links to all the different ways to listen to me, but also the social media links and also the links to my music, which is a project called Supporting Actor, and that's about all the plugging I'm going to do today. I'm going to get out of your hair. If you've made it this far, you're a beautiful person. Thank you for coming back, or thank you for giving this little podcast a shot, and I hope you come back. So... Next time I talk to you guys, I will have already seen Metallica for the fourth time. And so in honor of that, I'm going to wrap this podcast up by giving you a James Hetfield mighty yeah, yeah. All right. That was kind of stupid. Thanks for listening, folks. I'll see you next time. Bye.